what will cause a goal from just being average and ho-hum and maybe able to be followed through on, maybe not, to being something that will actually elevate you is daring to pause. Because in a really busy world where everybody is hustling and feeling like they need to be doing more, 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 or better, better, better all the time, this is the fastest way to stand out. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Bain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Welcome to another episode of Messy and Magnificent. It's your gal, Carly, over here, just holding you in my mind and my heart while I'm recording this episode. And of course, in advance, when I'm thinking about what I'm going to talk about. And here's something I want to be really honest about. I love seeing behind the scenes of how other people run their businesses or their lives. I mean, maybe I'm a little nosy, probably, but I'm really just curious. I'm really curious about what works for other people and what doesn't. And what are they living into that seems to get them great results? And what areas are sticky and tricky that I can learn from so that I don't always have to touch the fire to know it's hot? How can we save ourselves a lot of time and energy? In fact, The group coaching program that I run specifically for women who run their own businesses, it's called the Reclaiming Time Studio. And this week, as we wrap up the year, I said, all right, guys, start asking me your questions. Like if I spilled the beans on exactly how I run my business, exactly how I landed my first celebrity clients or what I think about social media use professionally or how I manage my time or my energy or how do I get through days that are really hard personally when I still have to show up for work? What do you want to know? And oh my gosh, the questions have been flooding in and we are having such a beautiful dialogue about the wisdom we learn from each other. So if there is one question that I get a lot as a coach, it's, what should I be doing with my life? (laughs) And you could replace the word life with career or health or relationships. It's Carly, how do I know how to get my health back on track? Where do I even begin finding a career that works for me? What do I do about this relationship or this lack of relationship? And I used to ask myself those same questions all the time. And if I'm keeping it real, I still do. I'm still wondering, okay, what's the next step here? But these days I have an answer. I have clarity around what is true for me and I'm able to bind myself to it. I know where to focus my energy and my intention. And it's the exact same thing for my clients. And here's the heads up. It is not complicated. I think, and I know I was guilty of this for a long time, that everything has to be so complicated. Like I don't know what to do next because it's so complicated. And that's not actually the truth. I didn't know what to do next because nobody had taught me how yet. That's all. (laughs) Knowing what to do with your life, knowing what your purpose is and where to focus your attention is just something that most of us have not learned yet. And today we're going to flip the script on that because knowing how to set a goal and what goals make sense for you is entirely doable. It is like super duper doable and we're going to break it down. So if you find setting goals that you follow through on to be kind of a tricky business, 
Know this, first of all, you are not alone. This is definitely a common question and conversation that I have a lot. And on this episode, I'm going to walk you through the step-by-step scenes of how me, my clients, and most women that are living a life that actually fulfills them, how they set goals that serve them deeply. So we're going to go over the four pillars that hold up the foundation underneath your goals so that when it's time to set a goal, and I'm doing this on purpose because it's around the new year when a lot of people are thinking about getting clearer and setting intentions for the new year, how do you know that they're the right ones for you? Today, we're going to make sure that you have the right goals on your plate. So don't you dare, don't you dare for one second start setting goals before you have done this foundational work. This is the foundation underneath you and your intentions, you and your goals that make sure that you are launching from a solid platform. I call it the four pillar foundation of a magnificent goal. Because we don't just want generic one-size-fits-all goals. We want to create the types of goals that actually give you life, right? The types of goals that you're going to be energized by, that you can't wait to live into. Because the more you do them, the better you feel and the greater the results are. And you're seeing on the spot the immediate tangible effects of those goals. I'm thinking about, as I say this out loud, A friend of mine from high school, Kate, hey Kate, she posted something online recently about how she is just so over diet culture in the United States. Like been there, done that. She's so disappointed with how diets are made so that they're really hard to follow through on. And then when you can't follow through on it, you beat yourself up for it and then just sign up for the next diet. And I can relate to that. And I know a lot of women can. Today, we're talking about how to set goals that actually serve you. So if you are picking a goal and the second you pick it, you're feeling like you've got a stomach ache or you've got a tension headache coming or you just want to hide under the covers, trust me, it's not the goal for you. (laughs) That is not the one. No matter how many people think it's a good idea, it's not. If you try to live into a goal that doesn't have a foundation underneath it that works for you, one of two things is going to happen. Either you're not going to follow through on it or you will follow through on it. You'll achieve some good results or some good things on paper, but you're going to feel terrible while you're doing it. And afterwards, you're going to have this aching sense of not being fulfilled, even though things look better on paper. And if you can relate to any of that, Know that you are in the right conversation here today because it's probably just a sign that you didn't have this foundation underneath your goal that was really making sure that you were picking something that made sense for you. So let me be super clear though. When I say that we're creating a magnificent goal, magnificent does not mean the biggest or the loudest, or the flashiest, or the most work. (laughs) It sure as heck does not mean the most complex goal. Because what most of us are looking for is to simplify. It's to get clear. We're not trying to do more. We're looking to have ease in our days. We're looking not for control as much as an ability to let go a little bit and know that we don't have to paddle in the river so hard to still get where we want to go. So we want to be able to put in a reasonable amount of effort and see extraordinary results. And that is what a magnificent goal is. A magnificent goal is a goal where we put in a little bit of effort, but it leads to wonderful results that fulfill us at the same time we're living into them. 
So this is kind of a two-part series, too. Because this week on the podcast, we're talking about setting this foundation that's going to be the launching pad for you to take off from. And next week, I'm going to guide you through the five steps of following through on a goal, right? So today we're getting clear about what matters to you and what the goal is going to be centered around. So it's kind of macro. This is big picture planning. And then next week, we get uber specific. This is really important specificity matters. It matters a lot, actually, if we want to follow through on a goal. But let me tell you, if we start there with just specifics, like I want this specific job, or I want to be this specific weight, or I want to live in this specific area, or I want to have this specific type of relationship, if we just go right there, we run ourselves ragged. We end up just putting out fires. If we bank on our intellect as the only thing to help us set goals, it's kind of like treating our body like it's just a vehicle for the brain, right? And the truth is you're one whole being. With goals can't just be intellectual. They can't just be logical. They need to be nourishing and meaningful and life-giving if we want to actually feel an improvement in our career or our health or our relationships. So today... We're going to go over those pillars. And now speaking of pillars, one of the pillars of this podcast for me is that I see it as part of this lifelong conversation between you and me. It's like we're hanging out, we're sipping tea. And I want to give a shout out to somebody who wrote me a review on iTunes. Their name, their screen name anyway, is Shoop Shoop 78 <laughs> Love that. And here's what they said. Carly is such a beautiful person and it is reflected in this fantastic podcast. I come away feeling motivated, but Carly also provides practical advice so you can have the tools to put these feelings into action. Hey, Shoop Shoop 78, thank you so much for taking up a little bit of space online and sharing your experience with us. And I just want to put out like a big hot yes, like a big white hot yes. Our emotions are important. I am so excited that you're able to acknowledge the way that you're feeling because those emotions give us valuable information sometimes. And we can use our emotion as one of our resources when we're setting goals. I got to just mention the last thing you said was I can put those feelings into action. And that's what we're talking about today. Today, we're talking about how to feel what is right for you, how to from the inside out know which goal makes the most sense for you, and then how to begin to take action will come in the next episode. So today, we're doing something unusual. Right? As we build this solid foundation underneath you. So here are the four pillars that are the foundation of a magnificent goal. The first pillar of a magnificent goal is we dare to pause and get intentional. Pillar number one, we dare to pause and get intentional. So just a moment ago, I said, in response to Shoop Shoop 78's comment that we're about to do something really unusual. What is really unusual? What will cause a goal from just being average and ho-hum and maybe able to be followed through on, maybe not, to being something that will actually elevate you is daring to pause. Because in a really busy world where everybody is hustling and feeling like they need to be doing more, 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 or better, better, better all the time, this is the fastest way to stand out. 
And you might notice a theme because oftentimes when I'm going over systematic approaches to making decisions or accomplishing specific things, I start with daring to pause because you might have heard me say this before, but if we don't pause and consciously create the life we want, we will unconsciously live the life handed to us by other people. And we'll start grabbing the low-hanging fruit, and maybe we'll never make it to the top of the tree where there's this beautiful, expansive view, and we actually feel like we're at the top of meaning in our lives. So when I talk about low-hanging fruit, I mean, for example, let's take coaches, because I'm a coach. A lot of coaches are running online programs. They're launching these really complex online training programs, and I'm a fan of some of those programs. I have found that it's now time for me to lead some of those programs. So there's nothing against those programs, but those programs take a lot of time and energy and money and resources to get off the ground. And it may or may not make sense for you if you're a coach. There are lots of ways to have a great income while you're coaching. And online courses is just one of them. And that's the low hanging fruit. So if you don't consciously pause and consider what makes sense in your career right now, you might try that way, regardless of whether or not it's of service to you. Other examples of low hanging fruit are going to college. If everyone around you is going to college, maybe that's the thing you do, or vice versa. If everybody around you is not going to college, maybe you don't go to college because that's what everybody else is doing. Or maybe you get married because that's what all your friends are doing. Or you have your third child because that's what your friends are doing. Or you sign up for something or you don't sign up for something. Or you speak up or you don't speak up because that's what other people are doing. That is the low-hanging fruit. It is the most obvious next step for you. It does not mean that it is the right next step for you. Let me say that again. The most obvious next step is not necessarily the right next step. The right next step is the one that feels deeply nourishing. The right next step is the one that feels deeply nourishing. It doesn't always feel comfortable, right? It might mean leaving your comfort zone a little bit. I have clients that call it sighted, which I love, which is kind of a mixture of scared and excited. That's how they know when they're taking the right step. They feel sighted. They're excited by it and they're also a little scared by it, but they know it's right, right? So first step The foundational pillar under creating a magnificent goal, if you really want to stand out and have an exceptional career, relationship, or health, or ideally all three at the same time, woman, you dare to pause. So first, you slow down. You don't just set your goals while you're driving in your car between home and work, or you're picking up kids, or you're running your errands. You don't just arbitrarily create them in your brain. You actually pause and sit down. You do yourself the courtesy of slowing just for a moment. And then you do pillar number two. So the second pillar in these four pillar foundation of a magnificent goal is you get nourished. You get nourished. You see, the way we set goals, it impacts the experiences that we're going to create more of. So the way we set a goal will be similar to the way we experience the process of living into that goal. The way we set a goal will be similar to the way we experience the process of living into that goal. So in other words, if you're feeling super crunched or stressed out or unclear, or you're going round and round in that head of yours when you're setting goals, like we've all been known to do, You're going to create goals that lead to more of that, period. 
if you're feeling stressed out behind, like you're not enough, like you never know what you're doing while you're setting the goals, I guarantee you, you are going to create goals that give you more of that feeling. The way you create the goal is almost, no, let me check that. I'm not going to, I'm going to be totally unabashed here. It's not almost as important as the goal itself. It is equally, if not more important than the goal itself. The way you set a goal is as important as the goal itself. So we want to actually get into an energetic state that we want to create more of in the world. So what do I mean when I say you get nourished? I don't mean something complex. Not everybody, myself included, is going to go take an eat, pray, love year, right? And like go sit around in Bali or in Italy eating pasta and nourishing yourself because you've got unlimited time and funds. <laughs> like that's just not realistic for most of us. When I say get nourished, I mean when you sit down to articulate your goals, get yourself a big old cup or your favorite drink, a hot cup of tea, or like my friends in South America, a nice cup of iced tea while you're sitting in the shade. Grab yourself a blanket or put on a flowy dress. Get in the habit of creating the space in the moment that you want more of in your life in general. This is where we turn the tide. So if you're trying to create change in your life, if there's something new that you're wanting to live into, we don't try to live into it later. We start that right frickin' now, right? So if you want more space to breathe, great. Start now. Start in the moment you are creating the goal. A lot of research about our ability to follow through on goals has indicated that the odds of us being successful with a goal are 80% higher if we begin living into that goal within 24 to 48 hours of having the idea. Which is probably why if we say, yeah, next year I'm going to quit smoking or next year I'm going to find a new job, we don't always live into it because it's too distant. And by the time that time comes around, we're already busy with other things. So whatever it is that we want to create, the energy that we want to have more of in our life, we actually drop into that space just 3% more while you're creating the goal. So you don't need to be the most nourished woman in the room, but you got to be 3% more nourished than normal. So pillar number one, you dare to pause. Pillar number two, you get nourished. Now, pillar number three is where we do the review. <laughs> pillar number three kind of rhymes. We do the review. So what women who are able to create goals that are meaningful in their lives know is that we don't just keep picking new things to do. We actually reflect on what's already working and we get clear about what we value. And so we actually review the past year for this case, because this is around the new year, we're going to do a review together over the past year for you. But it might be just over the past month or over the past week. Those of you who know anything about my business, you know that I coach full-time. And full-time for me means that I, I coach Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Monday and Friday, I'm running my business. And on the last week of every month, I don't coach. I just do a culmination week, meaning I just pause and review what has worked this month that we might do more of, what needs to be tweaked or changed, right? So I've got these monthly reviews built in. I've got little weekly reviews I do at the end of the week with my coaching group on Fridays. Today, we're going to look at your year and review together. And we're going to look at three specific areas. We're going to review three main things. This is the kind of thing that is very helpful to write 
down. <laughs> like write these down. So of course, I've got a master sheet that goes along with this episode. Hop over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast. And there is a master sheet that is going to guide you through creating these foundational pillars. You're going to want to write this stuff down either on the master sheet or a piece of paper so that it becomes real and you get a little objectivity from yourself. You can actually see in front of you what's true for you. So there are three main things that we review. The first thing we were going to review is what are your highlights from the last year? And I want you to think of one or two or three standout highlights, moments you're just never going to forget. They come to top of mind right away, and they might be relevant to your career or not. They might be relevant to just your personal life. What stands out? What is the kind of moment from last year that you're never going to forget? So for each of these, I'm going to give you some examples, two that are personal to me, because like I said, I love seeing behind the scenes of other people's lives. So why not let you see the behind the scenes of my life and my business? So two examples for me, and then I'm going to give you one example from a client of mine so that you can get kind of a sense. So highlights for me for this past year, for this 2019 year, was I moved from the Berkshires of Western Massachusetts to upstate New York. That was a really big deal. I'm never going to forget that that happened. I also launched our first really robust online course. And that was a big deal again, because I was kind of figuring out as I went. I was brand new to teaching online in this type of really robust interactive format. So those are two highlights for me. Those are two things I'll never forget. A client, when I asked him this question recently, he said, being home more. One of my highlights from last year was being home more. You might notice I said him. A lot of people think that I only coach women, and that's not true. 80% of my practice at any given time is women. And so I focus my attention there, but I work with lots of wonderful men. And this particular man, when he hired me, he lives over in Europe, and he was working around the clock at his job. And one of the goals he had for the new year was, I just want to be home more, and I think I want a better home. I'm tired of living in this flat downtown in the middle of the major city in my country. I want to be in a slightly more rural area that still has things to do, people to hang out with, and I want to know that I can still travel for work, but that I can be home more. And so that was one of his highlights. We created that for him. And so he's able to be cozy and comfortable. Um, home more. And, and so that's the kind of goal, a highlight I really want to point out. It's not flashy. It wouldn't look like anything to anybody else, but to him, it meant the world. So what are your highlights? Give me one or two or three. Write those babies down. And then we're going to move on to the next one. These are the lessons. What lessons have I learned in the last year? Another way of saying that question is, what do I know now that I didn't know even just a year ago. So an example of that for me is that it takes a lot more energy to launch an online course than I thought. (laughs) So the highlight was launching the online course. The lesson was, oh my gosh, this took way more energy than I even thought. And I knew it was going to take more energy, but I really had no idea that it wouldn't just be the work hours. It would be the emotional work of getting okay with being more visible in the world, with having to speak up more about what I'm doing, with being online and being on social media more, all things that took me outside my comfort zone. So the other lesson I learned around that same time was that having help is essential for any woman that wants to rise. So the way we get it all done is we don't. We actually have help. We delegate and we stop trying to do it all. So my two lessons was that it takes a lot of energy to grow into this new area and that having help is going to be really essential right now. 
A lesson from one of my other clients was she learned that time commitments add up, little time commitments. She's like, yeah, me saying yes to taking on one extra client here or there seems like no big deal in the moment, but I've come to find that it actually adds up to a lot and it crammed my schedule in a really big way this year. And so lesson learned, these little yeses here and there actually add up to something really big. And I want to be conscious of that and be really selective about what I say yes to in this upcoming year. So what are your lessons? What do you know now that you didn't know even just a year ago? Write those babies down. Pause this if you need to, and then we're going to go on to the third and the last thing that we review here. Here, we acknowledge the meaningful moments from the past year. What were the particularly meaningful moments for you last year? The moments that felt rich and important, that you feel on a visceral or emotional level in addition to just logically remembering them, right? What is a meaningful moment for you? When I sat down to consider these, I knew that it was time with my girlfriend, Lynn, sitting in front of the fire at her house, just talking. Usually I come over to Lynn's house. She has a way of making me feel cozy. She's got like an extra pair of warm socks. There's always a blanket around and we get to talk about anything and everything. It is non-judgmental. It is deeply supportive. Those were really meaningful moments to me. And the other really meaningful moment from last year was being in the Powder Keg, which is a writing group that I've been part of for a long time now, four years, run by Susie Banks-Baum in the Berkshires. And this group of women writers is just soul food for me on so many levels. And so I realized that I derived a lot of meaning from being with other women who are open and passionate and curious and supportive ironically, or not so ironically, I think this might actually be a common theme, and I'm curious to hear from you. When I asked one of my clients what was really meaningful for them last year, they said creating a sense of community. You know, before working with me, they had always felt like they were around a lot of people, um, a lot of really good people, a lot of colleagues that were doing similar work to what they were doing, but they didn't have a deep sense of community outside of work. They felt like they had lots of friends that they could talk to, but nobody that really got them. And now they have more of that. We've consciously created ways for that to be part of their day. And so having the sense of community is becoming increasingly meaningful for them. So I want to know from you, what is the one, two, or three moments from last year that were particularly meaningful to you that you don't want to forget? So now we've got three things. When we do the review, we've got your highlights, we've got your lessons, and we've got your meanings. Now we move on to the fourth pillar. The fourth pillar is knowing what's in front of you, knowing you've done your review, what do I really value? The fourth pillar is the value pillar. What do I really value? So when I look at this, I realized what I really value is planning. Because in order for me to be able to have time with the people I really care about that nourish me, that give me meaning, I've got to plan things. I'm never going to have like tons of surplus time just hanging around. I'm like everybody else. I've got to consciously create time to go visit these people. Some of them still live in the Berkshires where I used to live. And that's an hour and a half from me now. So I've got to figure out ways to, you know, sip tea with them online or get over there in person and show up for it. And that takes a little bit of planning on my part, planning the actual meets and also planning just free space where I can impromptu get together with people. So planning is really important to me. 
One of my clients said to me, not being the most inspiring woman in the room anymore is really important to me. Like, I am tired of being the one that's always uplifting other people. I love being in some of the group programs that I run because she's around other women that get it, that are doing really cool, inspiring things that motivate her and uplift her, right? So I want to know from you, looking at your current list, what do you really value? Because this is going to become your non-negotiable moving forward. Knowing what you value is what we will build your goals on. This is how your goals are no longer the low-hanging fruit. They're no longer just the thing that's the closest to you. They are the things that will bring you the most meaning. They are the things that will nourish and uplift you and motivate you. So your goal for the next year might not be just to get better at something or just to do something. It might be to actually feel nourished and meaningful in the way you're living and working and relating to other people. So quick recap on this, the four pillar foundation of a magnificent goal that works for you is... Number one, you dare to pause and get intentional. Number two, you get nourished. Number three, the third pillar is you do the review. And the review, again, was looking at your highlights, your lessons, and your deepest, most meaningful moments. And then number four is putting it all together and acknowledging, what do I really value? See, here's the thing. If we don't know what we're loyal to, we will just be loyal to the thing that's making the most noise. And an example of this is one of my clients who's an engineer and she's worked for the same firm for a long time. She's noticed that she stays late. She works around the clock. She used to do all this extra work for them to the point where she was chronically sick, exhausted, and not feeling well, not doing well. Her relationships were suffering. Certainly her health was suffering. And it occurred to her one day, like, I am being loyal to this company before anything else. And they don't care as much about me as I do about them. Right? Like they're willing to let me work myself to the bone. They're willing to let everybody here work themselves to the bone. The, the culture of, of the particular company she worked for was not about nourishment. It was just about output at any cost. And it occurred to her, like I am being loyal to something that doesn't actually fulfill me. What would it look like if I was loyal to what I value? And in this particular year, when we did this, her, what she valued was her health. There is no business without her body is what she knows, right? So. What do you really value? Here's what I want to know from you. If you only remember one thing from this episode, from these four pillars that are going to be underneath the magnificent goal that we're going to create together for you in the next episode, what's it going to be? And I don't want you to just think it. I want you to actually tell me, be in this conversation with me. Send me a screenshot of you listening to this episode or put a review up on the platform like iTunes or wherever you're tuning in and let me know what is the one thing that landed. And should you dare, I would love for you to share one or two things that you value. Because A, it solidifies it for you. There's something about speaking what we value out loud that greases the wheels to heaven. <laughs> like, it just lets the universe know what you're showing up for. It reinforces it. It binds you to your truth. And I have seen countless times when a woman says out loud what she values, she inspires another woman to get clear on what she values too. And you might even give somebody else an idea. So please make sure you post 
what you learned from this, and then what you really value. And remember, woman, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep prioritizing your own care, and I'm going to see you again next week where we go over the very specifics. We did the macro, and next week we do the micro of exactly what you will be focusing on for the new year. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.